0: Well, hello and welcome to Relationships are Underrated. I'm your host Jonathan
1: Asley. and I'm your host Trip Kramer. <laughs> he always make, you always make me laugh right before we start.: I know, because it's funny. Oh <sighs> You do funny faces right before we start.: Well, gotta, gotta make it exciting, right? Yeah. gotta keep so, our relationship exciting. Our friendship. Oh, we got to
0: keep the spark going between us. Are We We got to keep it interesting.
1: Are we in the seven-year itch, you and me?
0: We're past seven years. We've known each other nine years. Is it nine? Yeah. 2013.
1: 2013.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So we have passed the seven-year itch, and we
1: still have a spark between us. And there's a reason why.
0: I think so. Well, listen, I can't believe
1: we're going to go down this road. (laughs) What what, what are we talking about here? This is, there's, it's not the same thing as a relationship. Keeping a spark alive in a friendship is not the same thing as a relationship as like a romantic relationship.
0: Well, to some degree, that's not necessarily true. I think for any relationship, whether we are talking about romantic relationships, um, Per you know, uh, family relationships or even friendships, there is an element of novelty or variety that keeps it fresh. Right.
1: However, <laughs> you're not going to find blog posts or articles about. Getting the spark back in a friendship. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you'll find something out there because. Well, there's why something don't you check everything. it out right now? And Google all right, it let's and see find out there is. how but, um, to get the spark back in a friendship.
0: <laughs> is anybody else typing this while we're five ways to bring to right the spark
1: right back into your friendship? <laughs> show your I'll appreciation. Make small gestures. Do something new together. Let there be space. Da 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 then it keeps going. Like, so no, the next article psychologist explains how to revive a dead friendship, how to revive a friendship. Five ways to we know, to It's interesting back. during yeah, interesting. COVID.
0: I began seeing my two closest friends every weekend, you know, like every weekend we got together, it was kind of our little ritual. And quite frankly, I saw so much of them. I got tired of them. That I had to go every other weekend. So, and I, and I know this sounds kind of, uh, counterintuitive of what we're talking about, but i I needed a little space from them, so there was something new to talk about,
1: <laughs> okay, so interesting. I went to page five of Google, so you know when you type okay. something in, you can go you're on page one, so i just yes. went I just went to page five because I wanted to see is it still going? Are there still that many articles? and uh, really? And no, now I'm in. So, again, I type into Google how to bring the yeah. spark back in a friendship. Okay. And it's saying, should you stay friends with an ex? Can you be friends with someone you're sexually attracted to? <laughs> Ten ways to put a fresh spark back in your relationship. 36 questions for increasing closeness. Eight rules for making friends with benefits work. Okay. So. Okay. So, my point here is, is we're on page five, which is, I mean... It's not that far down, and it's already off track, which just says to me that there's not that much out there about friendship, and it's more about relationships. Relationships. And by the way, you you didn't
0: even acknowledge what I said about
1: my friends during COVID. You know, you, you know what. You're right. What? I just wanted to hear myself speak in that moment. <laughs> well,
0: in a way, <laughs> I'm not i not to cut you, you off, which is kind of an interesting dynamic that happens in relationships where we sometimes cut each other off and we don't acknowledge each this, other. This is not uh, something
1: I do to you a lot. It's just in this moment, I was looking at Google <laughs> and I was really focused on this point that I'm trying to make. So I just um, hope
0: you don't cut Megan off like you did me. <laughs> no,
1: no, no, no. So anyway,
0: by the way, you know, I want to say something to our listeners. You know, we have a we have a friendship that has been built on being genuinely vulnerable, authentic and transparent with each other. And we've shared very personal things with one another. And because of that, I feel as though we have a tremendous amount of trust between us. And, 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 and forgiveness when, by the way, I was, I had to give you a little bit of shit for what happened because I'm kind of was looking at myself going, well, I kind of like started all, off on
1: this whole tangent. We all do this but, though. There's moments well, where we do that with our friends and our relationships. Not a good idea, sure. but, but it happens and well, I'm guilty. Yeah. I did that.
0: No. And, and I only brought it up as just to illustrate how often, you know, sometimes we feel like our voice isn't heard. And it's important to speak up. And, and I hopefully I did it in a kind, loving way. <laughs> no, you because... listen,
1: we have that kind of friendship where we can say those things to each other. We can be honest with each other. We can say, hey, I didn't really like when you said that. When you said that, that kind of hurt my feelings. We don't just agree with each other to agree with each other. We're real with each other. And I think that's a sign of a true friendship. You know, fuck it. Maybe we got to change this whole topic of this episode.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> How to keep friendship interesting. Now,
0: no, I want to, I actually want to talk about no, this me topic. Too. And yet, however, what I felt like we were illustrating is, and we talk about the C word frequently, communication.
1: Communication.
0: And, and it's, it's interesting how often people talk about the importance of communication. And yet, most humans, at least from my perspective, don't really have good relationship skills and communication skills so one of them is to express yourself when you feel like you know maybe you're discounted for a moment it's all and also doing it in the kindest loving way because oftentimes it's a confrontational way which oftentimes leads to relationships kind of going south hence why you need to have a spark in your relationship he (laughs) brought it back folks oh (laughs) good job that was not planned Good
1: job. Yeah, I was. What I was trying to kind of say earlier is, I, I do believe there is a difference between keeping the spark alive in a friendship versus a relationship. And one of the reasons why I don't believe that there's a lot of work that needs to be done on a friendship, and this is a big point here, is because you will see your partner more frequently. Than your friend, okay. So you will see your partner more than your friend, and that is one of the reasons I believe that a relationship can start to have a a dead spark, and that's what we're going to be talking about today here on the podcast. So what's your, and, if, and go ahead.
0: Oh, really quickly. You're talking about the frequency you see someone. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I think that because okay, okay.
1: because you see your partner all the time. Yeah. It, that's where things start to the spark can die because you're seeing them all the time. So the newness goes away, and that's why you said the seven-year itch. Well, yeah. You know, after 7 years, I don't know why that's the magic number, but I guess it is. That's a long time to be in a relationship with somebody. And so after seven years, you've probably done it all. You've traveled <laughs> yeah, to the, tra- the the destinations. You've done all the different sex stuff. You've met the families. You've met the friends. You've done the activities. You've been to restaurants. You've done movies. You've probably done everything at least three times over in seven years. And then, of course, when you have kids, that's... Well, I, I that probably brings the spark. Well, that brings back. a
0: whole nother it probably brings the spark this. back. <laughs> maybe in
1: the beginning, because you're just so into this raising of this child, but yeah. then it starts to get monotonous, and then that newness starts to go away. Anyways, that and more we're going to be talking about today. I just want to mention we've already gotten some some amazing five star reviews, have we not, Jonathan? In yes, Apple. I'm, we're
0: very blessed for that,
1: and because now it's finally released. This is. This is one of the first episodes that we're recording where the podcast is released. Cause we, we did about 10 of them before it was actually released. So exactly. it's fun to do this podcast where now we know it's out there and it's not just an idea. Anyway, I want to thank everyone. And
0: we've gotten good feedback too. So yeah, we
1: have. So for, from the both of us, thank you for the five star reviews on, on iTunes. And I keep saying iTunes it doesn't exist anymore on Apple podcast and on Spotify. Thank you so much. And of course, leave a review if you, Feel so inclined and enjoy the episode. Jonathan, back to you.
0: You know, so <laughs> I posted a meme the other day. I have to read it for everyone because it piggybacks literally what you're talking about. It said Is your marriage getting stale? Sick of having the same arguments night after night? Freshen things up with kids. Kids are an organic, long-lasting solution for adding stress, sparkling conflict, and fueling excitement. New fights with your spouse. Food and clothing sold optional.
1: <laughs> I just love
0: stuff like that. I'm a. I have a warped sense of humor. But certainly, once you have kids, that does change the dynamic in ways. It does. For those does. that are in the baby-making years, I mean, for my my group is. Is more the after baby making years. So. I
1: want to jump forward a little bit. Let's talk about this for a quick second. Imagine you're in a relationship yeah. and you stayed together, a marriage, yeah. we'll say a marriage to be specific, right? You're in a marriage, you had kids, now the kids are out of the house and they're in college. Yeah. I wonder in that moment, does this reignite the spark in the marriage in that moment of the relationship? It's so like, so whoa, here's nesters. Ma- yeah, empty we're talking nesters. about empty
0: nesters. Yeah, so for the some. The moment empty when nesters, you get into that. Yeah. for some from what I know, for some empty nesters it can be a very traumatic event experience to have your children out of the home. And for some couples, they can literally be lost as to how to really connect with one another because they've put all their energy into their children. For other couples, it's actually, as you said, maybe a reignitement of the relationship because now they have a little bit more personal freedom. And maybe it gives them an opportunity to be, for lack of a better word, kids again, Yeah. Uh, when the kids are out of the house. I think it's it's, for each couple, it's totally different. My parents who had been married 66 years before my mother passed away, and my dad is still around at 96 and a half. I'm in shock sometimes. My nickname for him now is Superman. I witnessed my parents. They had the spark. And there's where I felt like the one thing that they always did together. And I've shared this in previous podcasts. They played backgammon together every night. And for them, it was like World War III when they played. And it was a dollar a game.
1: And it, wait, World war, war III in a good way or a bad way?
0: Well, no, because they would, I mean, the way they yell and scream at the dice and the way they would like want to That's win. That's awesome. It was like, That's so fun. It was fun. like they were at war with each other in a loving, kind, passionate, fun way. And they would play for hours. So where they found their spark interest whatever was in play was in games
1: yeah that's and, great keep
0: in mind we're talking about people in their 60s 70s 80s you know at this stage in their life that's where i witnessed a lot of the spark if you will
1: well remember in john gottman's book the seven rules to marriage seven principles for seven principles
0: marriage.
1: hold on seven I don't, principles I...
0: for making marriage work
1: yeah, that's it, Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. He says in that book that the, con- oh, you're holding it up in front of me right now. Oh, because you just <laughs> bought it, right? I just bought it. I got to get that. I have it on Kindle. Okay. so okay. He says in the book that what keeps a relationship strong is the relationship being a friendship, is your friends yes. with your partner. Right?
0: Yeah.
1: So. That's what you're talking about here when you're saying, oh, your parents are so... you know." Because think about this, right? If you're not friends with your partner, there's probably a lot of apathy and mm-hmm. boredom, right? There's no mm-hmm. spark. But if you're friends with your partner, if you're friends, you guys have common interests, even just a few, doesn't have to be everything, and yeah. something that you guys do and you enjoy together, that's just naturally going to keep that spark alive, at least in one instance. Well,
0: So maybe not in the sexual
1: sense, but that's another conversation.
0: Well, and I was literally about to lean into that because I'm the one who's the divorce person here. And to some degree, my ex-wife and I were friends where our relationship began waning. Was it stopped being an intimate relationship with friends? And what I've heard from couples who have been happily married say, it, they're in a, what's known as friendship on fire. And I think that's the relationships where there's a, both a passionate intimate side to it, a, a physical intimate side, as well as a playful friendship side where you know, you feel like you can share most anything with your partner and you want to share those things with your partner. You want to, like you were sharing before in a previous podcast how Megan is your cheerleader and you're her cheerleader at times. Yes. And it's it's that camaraderie, if you will. And I and I, I know we think of camaraderie as a group of people, and yet at the same time it's it's really the camaraderie you have within your partner and you.
1: Yeah. What what's getting me thinking about this now is is the spark what are we saying here? Is that the sexual spark? Is it the friendship spark? I mean listen, oh. if there's If there's no friendship spark, there's definitely not going to be a sexual spark. I mean, yeah, you know, it's like that that goes without saying. But it's interesting because maybe there is this like, oh, we have fun together. But like, we're not making out. We're not intimate with each other. You know, like Megan and I, we've been going at this for three years now. And you, you said that yeah, you sound
0: like an old hat. Like that's really, no, I'm about time. to say the
1: opposite. You said to me <laughs> earlier before this podcast yeah. started, you're still in the honeymoon phase. And I disagreed because the technical honeymoon phase where the intense infatuation is 12 to 18 yeah. months. But I'm going to agree with you, Jonathan. I think we still are in this honeymoon phase. Cause you're right. Three years is nothing. That's nothing compared to seven, 10, 20, 30. And wait till you have your children. <laughs> exactly. So, for us it's not that hard we're still you know I want to so right now she has COVID as you know oh. and, and mm. so like I'll go in the other room and I'll be like oh I just want to kiss you right now I just want to hug you right now I want to touch you right now and I can't oh. you know it's is just she quarantined? Like, Are you two quarantined from each we're other? We're keeping it a little loose I'm not going to lie <laughs> <laughs> I, I just had it recently and that's probably why I'm not getting it I mean knock on wood but uh, yeah. we're we're staying separate yeah. As separate as we can. Um, but you still want to
0: be affectionate and
1: she That's my point. I want to be affectionate yeah. with her and... Because you're in the honeymoon phase. Yeah, you're we're, in three, the... we're three years in, so, so I, I get so that.
0: So, you know, when we decided to do this topic, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking of this from a play friendship perspective. I wasn't thinking of the spark from the sexual perspective.
1: Right. And it's all that could be a whole other episode. I think I think so. I, what I think this episode really is cuz when I think like the spark is dead, this is what I imagine, this is the imagery I picture is yeah. two a couple on the couch. And by the way, I hope I n- this never happens to me. Okay, and I'm going to work at this. Two a couple on a couch. Yeah. It's a long couch. Ones <laughs> at one end <laughs> One's at the other end. They're looking at their phones. They're watching something on TV that they don't give a shit about. Yeah. And there's no conversation yeah. at all beyond so what do you want to watch next? How's your day
0: going? Did you have a good day? I hope you had
1: a good day. Not even that. That's I would say that's you know not that's even from? in that, right? Yeah, we, we did this. <laughs> Seinfeld. Yeah. Seinfeld. Was it a good day or was it a bad day? <laughs> even that is know. better <laughs> than the, the imagery that I see of two people. You know, it's funny because...
0: Well, there's almost contempt happening at that point. What's
1: contempt um, again?
0: And, oh, it's... Kind of indifference, or like, even it could be looking down with indifference. That, oh, by the way, folks, I am not the wordsmith here, so please look it up for me. Yeah, no, I wasn't um, trying to test just, you. I
1: really actually just want to. <laughs> okay, the yeah, feeling that a person or a thing is beneath consideration. Yeah. Yeah. Worthless. So, so that wouldn't be contempt. Wh- wh- okay.
0: So, indifference. But, indifference. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. My brother who's i think he's been married now 22 years and and i look at him and his wife and they always seem pretty jovial (laughs) you know we use the word jovial here pretty happy but he's also a happy-go-lucky guy and when they're together you know they're not at the other end of the couch you know where they are on the floor playing video games (laughs) That's great. Yeah, I mean, like, That's I great. mean, their video game is like—I mean, they have to get a new one each year because they burn through it. <laughs> That's an exaggeration,
1: but um. all right. So, Jonathan, are you ready for something? Yes, I am. I got something for you. Ooh. Okay. I'm about to bring in some trip advice. If we had a, if we had, some sort of sound effect, it would be like lightning striking. <laughs> I'm about to bring in some trip advice. So, for those of you yep. don't know, I'm a dating coach for men, and my name is Trip. As you know, so my company is called Trip Advice. And what's going? What's up? Okay, now I'm. I'm listening. You listening? Okay, so you made a movement <laughs> with your hand. Okay, so I'm about I to bring... plug my business too. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not. It's not. This is not a plug. Um, I was being, but. No, you're kidding. Okay, trip advice. And Jonathan is from understandmennow.com, Jonathan Assay is a dating coach for women. No, this is not a plug, but I'm saying this because this is advice that I give to my community, my circle, the guys who, yeah. who need advice when they get into relationships. This is my piece of a relationship advice, and I want to yeah. give it to the people who are listening now, and it's directly related to this episode about keeping okay. the spark alive. Are you ready, Jonathan?
0: I am sitting, I'm holding... Are we I'm, I'm excited? Ready. Should we
1: go to a commercial break? Do we even have that yet? No, no we don't. we don't
0: do that. I can't stand podcasts
1: with that. We'll go to a commercial advice. break. This is sponsored no. by TripAdvice.com and CarMax. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And it's... Exp- <laughs> and what? Okay. And
0: Understand Men Now with John. And UnderstandMenNow.com. <laughs> 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 All
1: right. So here's my here's my advice. I call it the red wine check-in. Okay. Okay. So what it is, is something that you do once a week, once a month, once a quarter, and once a year. It's what you do when you're in a relationship and it keeps the spark alive. So this is something you'll do the second you get into a relationship and for the rest of your life in a relationship. Mm Okay. It keeps things interesting. So we'll start from the once a week activity. The once a week activity is the red wine check-in. So once a week, you find a spot in your home and you could have fun with it, by the way. It doesn't have to be the couch. It could be like a corner in your bedroom and you put some blankets or pillows or something. But once yeah. a week, you find a spot in your house or apartment, wherever. You get a red wine if you don't drink or you don't like red wine. Just get your favorite drink or something that you like. Try it to be something more interesting than water. Just a little something you like to drink. You put the phones away, the TV is away and you guys just check in. And it's like a weekly check-in. This is where you can do the, how was your week? What's going on? How are you feeling? What are your goals? Are you accomplishing things? Are you feeling good? What do you want to work on next week? What's going on? Or just bullshit about whatever. Or maybe catch up on things that you guys need to catch up on that you haven't been able to. But try to keep it fun and light. And you do this once a week and you commit to it. Any questions so far or I'll keep going? Keep going. Okay, that's the once a week. The once a month is... You do a new activity or a new restaurant. So every month you pick a new spot to eat at that you haven't before, or you do a new activity. Of course, again, it's going to be a little bit more challenging when you have kids, so you'll have to get babysitters and things like that. But hey, life takes work and effort, so you got to put it in. So once a month, by the way, this is minimum. If you want to do this more than once a month, that's fine. But at least once a month, 12 times a year, you're doing something new. And if you really want to, maybe it's like, for example, like axe throwing is really big now. Maybe you guys go axe throwing. Have <laughs> yeah, you loved it like six months later and you're like, oh, that was so much fun. Then okay, you, you'll, you can do it again. It's not a big deal. But the idea is try to find a new place or a new activity to do once a month. So you got your once a week, your once a month. Now I'm going to go to the next one once a quarter. Once okay. a quarter, it's going to get, this one's the toughest out of all of them. But it's going to be really good for the relationship. The once a quarter is what it is, a baby trip. A baby trip. Something okay, really yeah. small. Okay. Road trip. So, could be a road trip. Could be a short flight somewhere, maybe like a really short flight, okay. somewhere a couple hours away.
0: It could be LA to San Francisco.
1: Exactly. It could be LA to San Francisco. It could be uh, Austin to Dallas or vice versa. It could be uh, doing a staycation. Where you get a hotel in the city and just tour the city for a day or a weekend. Again, this is a little bit harder because it does come up fast. It's once a quarter. Ideally, you try to plan it out maybe in advance, maybe in the beginning of the year, you think of your four trips and try to plan it out. So that's the once a quarter. Then the once a year is a bigger trip. So every year you do a big trip. Now that can be still, you know, a three to four hour plane ride. I would, if you can do it, I would prefer you do an international trip once a year. So you're just going outside of your country. So it makes it a little bit more of a big deal. So again, it's a lot of work, it's a lot of things to do. But what yeah. this does is this keeps things exciting. It keeps you looking mm-hmm. forward to things. It keeps you locked in and engaged with your partner. And you try to do this for the whole duration of your relationship and marriage. Your thoughts.
0: So. It's interesting. Uh, by the way, is this in your book?
1: No, or this were... is this is not in my book.
0: Oh, I thought but... you were reading from your book. Um, no. Well, the, it's interesting as you're sharing this. I, I I was like, well, some of this just seems rather obvious. Like, of course, Trip. You know, this is what we should do in relationship. And yet, what I observe is most couples oftentimes take this for granted. Like they're, they're not actually intentional about this. So it's interesting because one of the things I, I talk about in my coaching, you know, from the early stage of a relationship is to be intentional about the relationship. It's like treating the relationship as a separate entity. And it's funny, I have a client um, the other day was just telling me on her first date, the guy in, s- suggested going bowling. And she loved the idea, like for a first date, because oftentimes first dates meet for drinks or coffee or whatever. And and they had a great time because they were playing together. And so what I what I think what I'm hearing from you and what is kind of being suggested is to be intentional about your relationship. In other words, treat it like a separate entity because there's a you, there's a me and then there's us. And in that make sure we have play for us and not just take it for granted, which oftentimes couples do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Again, I, I I know that there's gonna be couples or people listening to this that says, uh, yeah, trip sounds good, like very realistic. I can see people being like, That's a lot of work. And it totally is. Is it
0: really? I, I I, I, I don't
1: I personally don't think it's that much work, but I'm trying to be understanding to people listening where life isn't that easy. People are very busy with their jobs. They have kids. They got a lot going on. It's not that easy to just start planning all this shit. You know, it's like, oh, you got to do the once a month thing, the once a quarter thing. You know, it's like, even in like... Well, one. I, I
0: want to argue be argumentative here for a second. No,
1: please. I'm on your side. Like, Whatever you're going to say, okay. I'm on your side.
0: Well, you know, I guess my point is, and maybe I was rather unconscious when I got married and I was hyper-focused on being the provider protector and was focused on, you know, the business. And I took a lot of things for granted. Although, thankfully, my ex-wife was a good... She had a good social calendar associated for, with it for us. The message I feel like is being invited to is to, again, be intentional. And because what the fuck is the point of being in a relationship if it isn't about having fun, feeling good and and, and play time? What's the point other than Preach. You Preach. Know, dependency?
1: Yeah, like no, I, I love that. I get that.
0: riled up on this because... And, and, and I oftentimes, it's incumbent upon the men for this because there's this kind of traditional expectation that men are the leaders of the relationship. And I'm always telling my, you know, my women, I don't like saying it in that framework, is it's a two-lane street. You do this together and really have good communication to make sure that you incorporate play. And because without it, the relationship will get so stale that it's going to take like a Herculean effort or an earthquake to make the, you know, to resurrect it.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's going to be, I don't think this is in every relationship, but probably more than not, there's going to be your type A person. Maybe both people are type A, but that type A person is going to be the one who's going to be probably a little bit more organized and and getting all are that together. Are you type A? I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I fluctuate. Megan, I would, Megan would say I'm type A because <laughs> I am very organized. But then there's a lot of areas where I'm not like fully organized. And <laughs> I don't know. But but yeah, I just think that hopefully the type A person a can, can kick the other person's ass a little bit and get it in order to, to just sit down and do yeah. it. It does take a little bit. Of, but I like what you said. Jonathan, I love what you said there for a second.
0: Well, I that, go into my rants on this one because. But you're like, but well, that's great though. Really, what's
1: the point? What do you do? Then don't be in well, the relationship. Don't exactly, get
0: it. What's the fucking point of being in a relationship if you don't make so? If you don't make time for play and you don't make time for growth between the two of you, and you know, someone said our relationships underrated, and I'm like, yeah, the underrated part is the fact that there isn't intentionality in m- many relationships and why that's why the divorce rate is so high and that's why relationships fail well I so think I it's underrated like and let me reframe that they don't fail they end okay every relationship has a, a lesson in there I
1: I think that relationships are underrated because people don't see the power of w- who they can become in the relationship the we yeah. Well, no, no. The I is what I'm saying. Is the oh. how, okay? My point is, is how much the we affects the I. So my point is, oh, is, sure. is, one plus one equals three. When you're in a relationship, and you're working on the relationship, and it's a great relationship, in the ways that we're discussing right now, you can yeah. become a more powerful version of yourself. So it's sure, good. It's, f- kind it's kind good. Like you for, make
0: me want to be a better man. Yeah, you know, it's good line. for you.
1: From as yeah. good as it gets.
0: Yeah, I was. Well, Esther Perel says the quality of your life is predicated by the quality of your relationships. And I love that quote. And I now first, let me just say it starts with the relationship with self, because if you're in a state of depression, you know, and, and 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 not that there couldn't be valid reasons for that happening in one's life, but that could bring the other person down. So I look at the flip side. When there's an intentionality relationship, you're lifting both people up. We talked about, you know, I said it earlier in this podcast and we've said it before about being each other's cheerleader because
1: the I ends up being so much stronger. Right. And therefore, that's that's why I believe relationships are underrated because you'll get your person who will say, they'll see the title of this podcast, they'll go, oh, wow, relationships are underrated. That's a funny title because they're not. Like, people are in the relationships. People love relationships. So, of course, they're not underrated. Everyone's in them. But my point here, and I, I believe your point here not is Not everyone. Is, There's
0: 55 million singles in the United States. But they
1: might want to be in it. They might want to yes, be in that's it. Yes, that's true. I think true. most people do want to be in a relationship. Most people do. And yeah. I guess the the... I'm really beating this to death here, but they're <laughs> underrated because... It's not just about let's get into a relationship to fix our loneliness, but it can be so much more than that. Oh,
0: you know, it's funny when you connected with me about this podcast, I thought you originally said relationships are overrated. (laughs) And I thought, actually, that seems to be more of a provocative title to me. It does. Yet I don't believe it. It is
1: more (laughs) provocative. But, then again, I, it, I thought, it has...
0: but thank God we didn't go that route because I wouldn't want to promote. I promote partnership in my coaching. I promote the desire to choose people to be mated with as a partner because I'm not an advocate for casual relationships, friends with benefits, situationships, polyamory, not to suggest there's anything wrong with that. I'll use a Seinfeld line. It's just I believe the richness in life and the individual empowerment can come or You can be even more empowered when you're partnered with someone who's really your teammate, who's your like is genuinely like you, you equally want success for each other. And there's an intentionality. And that brings us back to why I like what you said, the trip advice advice you gave is the intentionality. And whether you follow the script or the, you know, the outline verbatim, it's that's not the point. It's just being intentional. Because, okay, it's like routines. You know, Sometimes there's a real benefit for having a routine because if you don't have a routine, you could find yourself in a state of boredom. So having
1: a plan helps keep momentum going. I would say that the plan that I laid out here, the trip advice plan, is the antidote to boredom. Mm. That's what it is. It's the antidote to boredom. So do you and Megan follow this? We follow it as much as we possibly can.
0: Gosh, every day I see your Instagram, you're traveling somewhere else. Yeah, (laughs) we do
1: baby trips throughout the year for sure. We absolutely do the one international or big trip every year. We go to new, I think we do actually more than the plan. We go to new restaurants or do new activities at least a couple times a month Um you know, again, I think that we would need a, we probably need a little bit more work on some of the, actually, I was just going to say on some of the quarterly trips, but maybe it's not to the T every quarter. Do you do quarter, your check do in? Do you do your wine check in? Well, we do the monthly check in and then. But about the weekly. We don't do that to the T, I will be honest with you. Okay. However, we do a little bit at dinner because there's no phones and no TV at dinner. And we just kind of naturally do it. It's kind of, it's easy again. This is, I think is going to die down and eventually I will be more strict with it in the future for Megan and I to do it right now. We kind of naturally do it. There'll be a moment during the week. It would just kind of happen where the TV's off and we just kind of hang out. We're just talking to each other and we're just like catching up and, and talking about stuff and yeah, you know, so, so I would give myself an a minus for sure.
0: Oh, oh yeah. I'll give you, I was going to give you an A.
1: Could, <laughs> you know, maybe, you know, I don't know. I always say strive for perfection, but never get there. Okay. <laughs> so you can always You grow. know,
0: as I'm hearing this, I'm kind of envious because I want a partner to play with. <laughs> I want a partner to do all those things with. And well, you're
1: working on it, buddy.
0: I am working on it. It's, you, you're um,
1: not, you're not settling, which is great.
0: Well, that's, well, that's another, it's interesting that you mentioned that, because as I reflect on just saying the word settle, I observe, again, many, many, many couples that settle into mediocrity. And I personally, I, I'm, I'm done with mediocre. I would rather, I do enjoy my own company. I'll be candid with you. I really have learned to love my own company. And I'm not, I don't want to settle or compromise just to have a warm person in the other room or in the room, so to speak. No, that's great. Uh, That's great. and, and, And I believe that when we, and I don't mean to set a standard that is so high that nobody can meet. It's about really finding that place where two people can meet in the area of play. I mean, really in play. And you, I, I say this because for me, by the way, me, for me, play is I'm a sapiosexual. I love to explore ideas and philosophy and spirituality and personal development. I want someone who can play with me in that realm because that's
1: what turns me on the most. Ladies, he's single. You can email him at Jonathan Asley at relationships or underrated.gov.
0: <laughs> Do we actually own that?
1: No, we don't. Okay, we so, know we do not so own relationships dot gov.
0: Oh, you were trying to talk me into doing a what was it a not a bachelor auction for me, but uh, I should set up on my my YouTube channel like uh, win a date yeah. with Jonathan. Are no, you not, telling me about that? Some no, months it ago? should just
1: be a, a little page where. <laughs> It's uh, it's a form that women fill out if they wanna if they wanna be on a date with you. <laughs> I
0: would like, and to you have all, your important, my, yeah. you have like all to, your important I'd questions. Yeah, you have all your important questions. Money for, for there. charity. Okay, I'd like so to be monetized for
1: charity. So monetize. What does it? What does it have to do with it? We're trying to well, find I you I meant, a date. No, no.
0: I would like. Well, they would pay a fee to enter in, and then the money goes to a charity. That's what I, I, I meant actually think out.
1: that's a great idea because then that will be the that will get you less applications with more serious applicants oh okay (laughs) thousand dollars
0: i was thinking of the bachelor auction in the groundhog day towards the end of the movie (laughs) i bet two bits i got him (laughs) i I hope i get more than two bits
1: (laughs) i want to bring up something else to keep the spark i got something else yeah okay uh I don't know this. Solu- I don't know. I don't have a how to here. It's just a discussion. Okay. So Esther Perel, you brought her up recently. Yes. Esther uh-huh. Perel talks about the idea that when two people get together, it's so new and so exciting. And the reason is, is because, well, it's new. It's fresh. You don't know about the person. You know what happens when you fall in love? You want to know everything about them. You want to know everything their stories, their likes, their dislikes. You want to spend time with them. you want to do things with them. you want to do all this new stuff, and that's one of the reasons she says it's so exciting. So what's funny is she says that the actual act of us being excited is the thing that actually kills the desire because once you get to know a person so well and once you've done so much with a person and when you spend a lot of time with per- with a person the desire starts to wane. So I wanted to talk about this concept with you, this idea of how I don't think she says this, so I'm kind of I'm I'm making this up. The idea that distance equals desire. Okay. So the idea where for example, and again, I know I've only been in a three-year relationship, so I'm still in the honeymoon period and blah, 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 blah. Oh, but gosh, as...
0: Megan goes out of town for a weekend and you start to have a
1: meltdown. I'm uh, kidding. <laughs> we, we miss each other. I know. Even right now, COVID, we're separated. By the way, I
0: over-exaggerated that. I just wanted to mess with you. No,
1: I know. But we, but we in couples, they miss each other. And you get so excited to see them again. You've been away for a couple of days and you get excited to see them again. So there's something to be said about that. Of the idea of uh, okay, so. creating some sort of separation to keep the relationship alive.
0: When I was married, there were a number of times where my ex-wife went out with her girlfriends for a weekend or did something. And I'll never forget, like it'd be Friday night. Like I had the whole place to myself. And and oftentimes I drop off the kids at my mom's um, and I just loved having the place to myself. And then what was interesting was the next night after I had, the you know, I mean, I'm literally sitting on the couch, ordered four pizzas, you know, drinking beer, watching, you know, the same movie over and over again or something like that. And then the next time I'm like, I kind of miss her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like the first night was all about me. <laughs> And then I came back to my senses, you know, like, oh, I miss her. I miss everything. So so I had an interesting way to create spark. And you're going to laugh at this. Okay. Because I made it up for fun. Okay. But I wonder, I'd love your I, your take on it. So what if you pick a fight with your partner?
1: I see where you're now, going. I up. see where you're going with this. You see
0: where I'm going with it? <laughs>
1: Oh my God, Jerry! You missed out on the makeup sex.
0: Exactly. <laughs> it's the best uh, kind of sex. I'm sure there's a Friends quote out there where something like that. No, we don't fucking that. quote
1: Friends on that. We've quoted Seinfeld on this podcast. That's what well, we're
0: doing. I know that, but I mean, we can expand our horizons too. Uh, Jerry,
1: I found something better than break than breakup sex, <laughs> or than oh not, not makeup sex. I found something better than makeup sex. Break out of jail, a... sex. <laughs> George's George's so, girlfriend breaks out of jail, and they have sex. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But there, I wonder if there. I mean, I wonder. Well, interesting. Our mutual friend Carol Allen once told me that there is a dating coach out there that suggests creating conflict before a first date just to see how the person reacts. Now, I'm not in favor of this advice, but it's interesting. Because there's an opportunity to actually, when there is friction or conflict, it's an opportunity to come back afresh, anew. So I, I'm not, again, I'm not recommending it. I'm not, it just was just a fun thought. That no, I hear you. I it's end. very
1: outside of the box advice <laughs> or a thought. I don't even know. I wouldn't know how to do that. I wouldn't even know how to pick a fight. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't because even know if it's...
0: you two are happily in love.
1: No, just not in my personality to just... People yeah. do that, though. It's a manipulative crazy... I suspect
0: there are people that create that tension. Well, I, well actually, some pe- I've been told that... A friend of mine once told me they're addicted to the drama.
1: That's what happens in relationships. Term, right? Oh, yeah. This is why some of the tox- most toxic relationships... Why don't people just break up cuz they're addicted to the drama because it's the highs and yeah. lows. And that's yeah. what we're talking about here. You get in a fight, you're really low. Yeah. And then you make up and you're really high. So, yeah. you go through this roller coaster of emotions and that keeps you sucked in. I think that's so another reason thought. why some of these some women stay with these guys who abuse them. That's one so. of the reasons. It's like this drama up and down and it's so good, then it's so bad. It's, it's like this terrible so manipulation.
0: I, so I said that for fun, and what's interesting is where I, I come full circle. Instead of picking a fight, pick gratitude. When I believe, at least for me, when I'm in a state of gratitude and I'm expressing gratitude to my partner, and I've done this in, in my previous relationship, it was like a new when we just just looked at each looked into each other's eyes and expressed what we were most grateful for about each other it was like a rekindling it was a refreshing it was a spark and i believe gratitude oftentimes is so underrated because it's oftentimes underexpressed. and so instead of a fight pick on gratitude yeah because let's be
1: honest i mean we're we're I would say we're joking here. That's not good advice because it's, hey, it's yeah. not healthy to be doing that. I, gratitude, I think, is the better way to do it, the healthier way to do it. Maybe not the most interesting way, but uh, at least it's a little bit healthier. So
0: so have we dissected some of the ways to create the spark, the the interest?
1: I think I gave some bomb advice.
0: You rock, dude.
1: Just saying. <laughs> You did.
0: No, he, I, I appreciate it. Will you keep me accountable when I'm in relationship, and I'll keep you accountable?
1: I mean, you're not in a relationship yet, so when I'm in one, when you, but it's going to be, you know, seven plus years from now because the seven-year itch.
0: <laughs> okay, got it.
1: I was going to say earlier, Jonathan, for you in finding a relationship, the reason why you don't have to get into one as fast as someone else it's because you're not looking to have kids so you have the you are you have the you're allowed to really take your time i'm not saying that other people who want kids should settle but they got to if they want to have kids in a family you got to eventually pick someone you got to go with it and i do believe Whoa.
0: that uh, well, that sounds almost like desperate thinking, and I'm not sure. No, it's, don't, we don't have time to get into this. Well, right we do.
1: Now. We have a minute. It's realistic thinking. Again, I'm not saying settle, but you got to have your three non-negotiables. You got to be clear in what you want, and then you have to go find it. But what I, I'm just saying, you can't have a million things. i mean even even for you, Jonathan. You can't no. have a checklist as long as the Constitution. I, you got, you and, know what I'm saying? I, you have to, if you want to get anywhere and you want to make moves, you have to know what you want and just have those things, find it and go with it.
0: I'm in full agreement. Amen.
1: That's all I'm saying. Thank you, brother. So uh, that's how you keep this spark, spark alive.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, oh, I had fun on this one. If you guys enjoyed this, we would love five stars on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. We thank you for listening. We thank you for being here. We thank you for taking this journey with us as we continue to discover the ins and outs, the ups and downs, the pitfalls, the great times in relationships and discussing them and maybe sometimes overanalyzing them. But let's be honest, we're having fun doing it. Are we not, Jonathan?
0: We are having so much fun trip. This is Trip <laughs> Kramer, and this is Jonathan Asley signing off, signing off.